Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening everybody and welcome to a late in the week slash early weekend edition of the Forza Italian Football Podcast. It is me, your host, Dov. Uh, back a little later than usual, but uh, we're only going to be talking about one game, the the big game that matters this weekend, although there are plenty of other massive games this weekend, but the one that matters is, of course, the Derby della Madonnina, the Milan Derby, AC Milan against Inter at the San Siro on Sunday evening. Um, to help me take a look at that, I've got two esteemed guests, two experts of the respective Milanese clubs, obviously, the reason this is a massive game and it kind of feels like the biggest derby for a long time is obviously Milan are in great form, Inter not so great form. Um, basically, their two seasons have flipped from Inter being fantastic at the start, Milan being rubbish, and now you have Inter being rubbish and Milan being fantastic. And obviously, Milan looking for Champions League qualification, looking to get into the fourth spot. They're seven points behind um, their rivals, which obviously means a, a victory is necessary. So so there we go. So everything's going to set up for it to be a, a fantastic uh, match uh, and one that, that could be pivotal for both teams uh, for the, the remainder of the season. Obviously, before we get started, just want to make sure that you know how to follow follow Forza Italian Football on social media and stuff like that. So on Twitter, at Serie A FFC, Forza Italian Football on Facebook. Obviously, get on the website. There's plenty of uh, videos and stuff like that. For example, myself and uh, my colleague Vera Capretta did a, a Milan Derby preview. And we've got a combined 11 video coming up uh, probably later on on Saturday. So make sure you get over to the YouTube channel or the website and check those out. There's plenty of articles as well on ForzaItalianFootball.com. So, so fire away over there. And obviously, we will be at the Derby and... Um, so, so, so keep an eye on the social media and stuff like that because we'll have some videos and pictures and bits and pieces from in and around Milan and the San Siro over the course of the next day or so. Right, so let's get stuck into this then. Uh, first up, we have got Nima Tavalai of SempreInter.com. Uh, Nima is obviously an Inter expert uh, as well as being a Serie A expert and journalist as well. So Nima, welcome to the show. How are you doing? 
I'm good. I'm good. Despite the the plague, as we call it, but it's also known as the flu. But the plague that's been uh, the flu plague that's been attacking Sweden. I've survived it, so I'm actually pretty good now. Well, that's all right. We've got the beast from the east as well. Here, so we obviously you've got to deal with that and the plague. I mean, there's no hope for you, Nemo. <laughs> well, at least Sweden did their had their best uh, Winter Olympics ever. So I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of happy, well, happy in a sense that I was sick during that because I got to watch Sweden break all sorts of records for those two weeks. So that's good. I'm happy. Well, there you go. And then all the winter decided because you could probably do Winter Olympics in Milan right now. It's, it's crazy. It's <laughs> snowing. It's, it's fantastic. Um, right. The listeners might remember the last time we spoke, which I do believe was around end of November time, beginning of December, and things were still fantastic for Inter. You were top of the league, I think, around then. It was great and happy, and the roses and butterflies and unicorns and rainbows. (laughs) Since then... It's not been so nice. Uh, I think you won won two games in the last 11 in all competitions, I think. Uh, Big pressure, bad performances. You've won, although, say, two of the last three Serie A games, so you're doing not too bad bad in that sense. But just what's happened? Simple. Uh, What's going on? The unicorns turned... The unicorns turned out to be dead. Um, the rainbows turned out to be shit. So, no, it was seven nuances of brown instead of rainbow colors. No, basically, what happened is the same thing, like I said. I mean, if you remember when I was on, I said that this is, uh, you know, that Inter were overperforming a little bit. Um, and uh, that's exactly what it was. Uh, things were going so well because it was the new coach who actually, the best coach we've had since Mourinho who got everyone going. And then, you know, when things are rolling, it's very easy to, you know, the, the positivity train, when that starts rolling, then things go really, really well. Um, so, no, what happened is that reality caught up with Inter. Uh, and, and it started uh, by the game against uh, Udinese, where, where Inter didn't deserve to lose at all, but still lost. And then, you know, this team, this group of players is, is, a, is a battered, you know, meant psychologically, they are a battered group. You know, they, they've been, they've been used to when, when things go bad, then it really goes bad. And, and for them to kind of pick themselves up psychologically, that's when, when the, when the hard work was going to start. Now, having said that during the, you know, if this was last season or any of the other previous six seasons, Inter would have lost all of those games. Instead, Inter have drawn. Inter have drawn and only lost once against Genoa away, against Genoa, who are probably the most, you know, together with AC Milan and, and Napoli and Juve, the most informed team in the Serie A. Um, so so it's 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 not good, but it's I'm not completely hopeless and it's not, you know, it's not the horsemen of the apocalypse riding in and all that. Because Inter are still in fourth, top four. Inter are still, uh, you know, have a coach that is that knows what he's doing. Uh, They have a coach that is very, very good at diffusing the situation. We have a coach that has the complete support of the club and the players. Um, So, so it's not, you know, it's not all fire and brimstone, uh, but it's, 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 it's not looking good because we're going into face a AC Milan team who under Gattuso are so incredibly solid defensively and are so organized that, um, that uh, the complete polar opposite to Inter. I mean, if, when we spoke last time, Milan were a complete shambles. It's flipped completely. It's completely, completely flipped. Milan were a shambles back in November, December time. And, uh, and now they're 
the most informed team in Italy. They've done fantastically well, unbeaten in, I think, 13 games. They've not conceded in 584 minutes. Gattuso's brought his Grinta and a lot more as well. Um, so how do, you, how do you see Spalletti then approaching this game, given the kind of the, the forms and the form and fortunes of both sides have completely flipped? Um, the thing is, I think Spalletti, what, what he's, what he has done, or what he's going to do, is, I mean, first of all, the Inter this season has done, have done really, really well against the top teams. I mean, if you look at the games against Juventus, Napoli, uh, Lazio, Roma, we've, we've, you know, we've drawn all except the first one against um, uh, against Roma, which we won away. Um, so, you know, in, Inter have done well. Uh, same thing against Fiorentina. We almost beat them despite horrific form. Um, so, so I think that he won't have much difficulty in motivating the players. Uh, I think the difficulty will be to to kind of get them to uh, to stick to the game plan. Um, which I think he has. Uh, I think he studied Gattuso and Milan uh, very, very closely, uh, and I think that he's found weaknesses there, uh, although it will be very difficult to break Milan's defense down because I read a stat that they haven't conceded in all competitions now in 600 minutes. Um, 584. And that's the one, 584. And they're, what, what Gattuso has done is basically given this team an identity. Uh, you know, he's he, he's given them, he's brought some you know defensive solidity and 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 also got Bonucci Romagnoli playing together, and and you know playing like two of the you know two of the best center you know center halves in in Europe right now. And then you have Calabria who's looking excellent. And Rodriguez has you know he's looked good all season. So now the defense is there. And then you have Bilia, who's finally looking like the Bilia uh, that they bought from Lazio. Uh, and then Kessi as well. So, so everything has kind of fallen into place. They're playing their 4-3-3. Or, and and, and it's, it's, everything has fallen into place. And then you have, you know, I, sometimes annoys me when people say that Gattuso is all about the Grinta. Yeah, he is Grinta, but he's actually tactically done really, really well. He's given Milan a defensive identity. Um, and, and an identity as a whole. And now, you know, compare this Milan to the Milan he took over, which drew 2-2 against uh, Benevento in his first game. It's night and day. So I think it will be a game where, you know, if, if the thing is, Lazio are playing Juventus, Roma are playing Napoli. These are two games where I think both of those teams, you know, I think those games will end in a draw, um, which which will open for both Inter and Milan to kind of go for it. But I think that this is a game that neither team wants to lose. Um, I think Milan, if, 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 those, if, if those games end in a draw, Milan will have to go for it. Whereas well, Inter well, can well, draw. I was going to say, do you think, do you think Spalletti will then kind of look at, obviously he's got a lot more experience than Gattuso, do you think he'll look at this as obviously they're seven points ahead of Milan and they don't need to win. Whereas Milan, if they're going to have any chance of qualifying for the Champions League and also kind of shift the momentum even more in their favour, they need victory. Do you think that Spalletti exactly. will think about it like that? I think I think he will approach it from a very pragmatic point of view because I know that this you know Spalletti has always been about playing well and he's been a football ideologue. Uh, and he's known for that, and that's good. Uh, that's what Inter needed when when they took over. But this this game in particular, and the game against Napoli, th- these games are all about 
just getting results, um, especially when it comes to uh, when it comes to the derby. Because if Inter can kill Milan off in the sense that if they can nullify Milan and not allow Milan, you know, give Milan possession but not be able to create anything, and then be able to hurt Milan on the counter attack, you know, that could really, really do work wonders for for. Um, for for Inter in terms of self confidence, self belief, uh, and get some positivity going. And I think he will approach this game from a very pragmatic point of view. Uh, I'd be very surprised if if he if he kind of played a game where, you know, where where Inter would go gung ho from minute one and try to bully Milan. I think that would be a mistake because I think you know that would be playing right into Gattuso's and Milan's hands because Milan are very very strong, solid. Uh, I mean, it, defensively. I mean, if you look, if you seen these past few games for example against Lazio always six men behind the ball no matter when they're attacking or defending they have all they're always six men behind you know at least five or six men behind the ball and closing everything off centrally and Bonucci is looking like the Bonucci of old Romagnoli is looking fantastic um, so and Bilia as well and Kessi, you know, they've kind of you know closed teams down. So um, no, I, I think I think Spalletti, in my opinion, I think Spalletti will approach this game in a very very pragmatic point of from a very pragmatic point of view. And um, how big uh, it looks like Mario Cardi is going to be back for the derby. Obviously, he's been missing for the last couple of weeks. How big of a boost do you think that's going to be? I think it's. Um, I, I, I think you can't overestimate the importance that Mauro Icardi has for this team. I mean, when Icardi and Perisic are out of form, Inter don't score goals. It's just that simple. Um, and with uh, these past few weeks when he's been injured, you know, Inter have drawn and won. But they haven't done so convincingly. They have they've struggled to score. And you know, God bless Eder, but he's no Icardi. He's a good player. He's a he's a team player. He runs a lot for the team. He he does a lot of things, but he doesn't have that killer instinct that Icardi has. And me in in Icardi, you know, his his the fact that he's on the pitch against uh, Milan means that Bonucci and Romagnoli will have to. You know, he's going to give them a handful because we all know that this guy needs half a chance and he'll score. Um, and that's that's what that that's the boost that he gives to Inter. The fact that when he's on the pitch, uh, when he can single-handedly keep two, three defenders occupied, because if you don't pay attention to him, he will hurt you. There we go, everybody. That is um, the the thoughts from the black and blue side of Milan from Nima. Thank you very much, Nima. Um, obviously, go over and check sempreinter.com, like I mentioned before. Um, right now, let's move over to the red and black half of the city, and I'm delighted to be joined uh, once again, an esteemed member of Forza Italian Football himself, uh, former Gazette World journalist, uh, and just all-round nice guy, Mr. Ogo Silla. So, Ogo, it's been a while since we last spoke, um, and things are decidedly different and a lot better for the, the Milan fans uh, in the world. Yeah, they definitely are. When the, when you called me at the, uh, before the start of the season, uh, I was excited and looking forward to it. Then uh, you caught me uh, kind of mid-season, then the, everything was going terrible, and I was feeling like I was going to have to kill myself. And then two months later, uh, things are good again. Uh, you know, good to so uh, it's kind of putting everything back on the up and up. And uh, yeah, so I'd say just, just don't call me a fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. If you're in the Europa League and, and they get to the Champions League, you'll be like dying to get a phone call. Um, right, so the simple question is, 
what what's changed? Obviously, apart from the coach and stuff like that, we know that. But I mean, what's what's changed at Milan to, to have them gone unbeaten since the derby in, in December? Um, they're not conceding goals anymore. Is <laughs> this isn't the team we were talking about three four months ago? Oh yeah, not at all. It's 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 quite ridiculous. I mean, you know, if you just look at the statistics, Gattuso has picked up uh, two point eleven points uh, per game. Uh, that's compared to just one point forty two that Montella had. And obviously, you know, coming up to this uh, to, to this derby against Inter, Inter since Gattuso has been in charge, I've only picked up one point twenty five points. So empirically, uh, the uh, the improvement in form is there. It's it's clear for all to see. Um, but yeah, I think at the same time, just Catuso is just putting round pegs into round holes. He's doing things simply, and uh, not really trying to overcomplicate things. And um, I think that's the issue that a lot of Milan fans might have had uh, with Montella. And it's something that was somewhat confirmed to me uh, by um, uh, a French correspondent who covers Spanish football, uh, Fred Hermel who spoke to Montella at Sevilla and he he quite likes what Montella is doing at Sevilla despite the inconsistent form and he says that Montella is somebody who always puts the football philosophy you know uh, ahead of the project that's what he always talks about and to Milan fans that made him come across as I guess uh, uh, stubborn and a bit arrogant because he seemed to be doing it at the detriment of uh, the, uh, the, the the psychological management, uh, maybe changing tactics here and there. And that's not what Gattuso is doing. Gattuso just readapted. He's uh, he put back to four three three when we all thought that you know this is not going to work for Benucci. He needs a three man back line. Uh, he Suso is back out wide as opposed to playing through the middle like Montello was trying to do with them. Uh, uh, and, yeah, it's it's just things are just kind of put back. With, uh, players are being placed in their in their natural positions. Well, I mean, that, that's kind of one thing that, that I noticed um, just watching the two of them, obviously, being there quite often. When you're watching Montella, you didn't know what he was trying to do because it, look, it would look like it would be a back three, but it would quickly morph into a back four, then go back to a back three at various points kind of during the game. Whereas with Gattuso, and I think you're right in what you say, is he's, he's just kind of simplified the whole thing. He's got 4-3-3, he knows exactly who's playing where, he knows exactly um, who he wants to play, and basically just kind of goes from there. And I think that's... I think a lot of credit should go to Cattuso for, for, like you say, doing things simply and not trying to be some kind of tactical mastermind because I don't think he is and I don't think anybody even thought he was when he got the job. But what he has done is increased the team spirit. Um, for example, in the game against Roma where all the players basically stripped off and gave everything to the, to the fans. Um, and, and the players look happy to be there and they look happy to be playing there. They, they look united, which is something... I can't remember saying about a Milan side for oh, years. What, what, what do you think yeah, about that? No, I think you're, you're definitely right in terms of the team spirit. You know, that's something that he's he's really quite improved. You know, obviously, uh, morale was quite down under Montella because the results were not there. But even at the start of, of Gattuso's tenure, the, the results didn't really come until uh, <laughs> until a month ago, uh, a month or so ago. Uh, and those last, these last, uh, these last, um, these last outings have been quite good. But I think, yeah, he he had a really 
good and unexpected impact, uh, I think, in terms of that. Uh, I remember when we first discussed this before he even had his first training sessions, I was lambasting uh, Gattuso. I was like, there's no way he can do this. He's not a coach. Uh, he doesn't have the credentials for it. He's just going to have to surf on his experience as an ex-player. And to some extent, he's definitely doing that. But he's also showing us that, you know, tactically, even though he's doing simple things, uh, he has the intelligence to not try to overstretch himself and not try to be a tactical genius. And uh, yeah, we're definitely seeing that on the pitch. A lot of the goals, a lot of the movements offensively that we see Milan uh, Milan do today, uh, do today uh, and score from, like there clearly have been practice. There is there is work being done on the training ground, and uh, that's definitely to Kutuso's, uh credit. And what did you make of the comments um, Frank Kessie and uh, Davide Calabria made about the training under Gattuso? Because both of them basically said that under Montella, they didn't train at all. Basically, it was just it was easy. It wasn't hard. Um, and under Gattuso, he's actually making them work, which I think I think that's kind of reflected on the pitch. But do you think the players are right to do that? And then obviously you got Montella's response saying that they're just looking for excuses. I mean, obviously, you never want to hear players saying things like that. And I think when one player says it, it, it does strike you as an excuse. But when it's multiple players, you know, Cassie Calabria, they're just they're just two more of a, of a string of other players who, who seem to have been saying this. And um, I'm not going to go as far as to say it's it's entirely Montella's fault. At the end of the day, I wasn't on the training ground seeing, seeing these things, and I can't really compare and contrast. But I think what this translates is that definitely there was an issue or some friction between the players and uh, um, uh, Montella's fitness team. Uh, because it, it's, it's far too odd that so many players now uh, are saying the same things. And I think even if you look at the difference at the start of the year compared to today, the players seem to have more energy. They seem to be able to last throughout games much more. Whereas at the start of the season, where, where you would think they were the freshest, they, they couldn't seem... They didn't seem to be able to string two two halves together. Well, they can certainly string two halves together these days. Um, right, so there's a wee game happening on Sunday night. I don't know if you heard uh, <laughs> Milan are playing into some random game. Who knows? Uh, how do you think Gattuso's going to approach this one, given that Milan are currently, what, seven points behind Inter? And obviously, after the win against Roma, certainly looking towards Champions League qualification through Serie A. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think he's going to approach it like he's been approaching, you know, most of most of the big games that that uh, that he's had under his belt so far. You know, he did beat beat Inter in the uh, in the in the Coppa Italia. Uh, he beat Lazio in the Coppa Italia. He beat Lazio in the league as well, and obviously uh, Roma, who who beat in, in Serie A. So I think the template that he used on those on those two teams, lots of intensity, but not necessarily going all guns blazing out of the uh, going out for those teams, but playing a bit more on the counter without by trying not to be too deep I think that's how he'll approach the derby to be honest um, now it will depend uh, I guess how Inter respond to that because if both teams do sit back and wait for counters it could turn out to be a quite boring game <laughs> which would be a shame because uh, you know when you consider the last three derbies you know they've uh, two of them have ended 2-2 and the last one was won by Inter we would end 3-2 so you know I, I like to think that both teams are going to go out to try to win it at the end of the day, it is Gattuso. He has played in so many of these games, and he's uh, he's never one lacking of enthusiasm or grinta. So uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't really go, go for it. And at the end of the day, uh, Milan today are seventh and uh, seven points from the Champions League spot. So it, it would be surprising if he doesn't go out to get the three points to close that gap. Where do you see them going then for the rest of the season? Do you think this derby's like pivotal and how Milan will approach the rest of the Serie A campaign or do you, do you kind of see Gutusso putting all his eggs in the Europa League basket or do you think he's going to try and go for everything and then when he gets kind of not, essentially knocked out of one where say Champions League becomes almost impossible or he gets knocked out of the Europa League do you think then he'll what, what, what do you think he's going to do for the rest of the campaign? Uh, if I had to choose for him, I'd go for for your latter suggestion to try to go for for everything, and then you know see see where the chips may fall. Uh, I think um, mathematically, this derby might not be uh, pivotal, although that's that's arguable. But I think psychologically, it's extremely pivotal because as I, as I mentioned before, you've already beaten Lazio uh, twice, and you've beaten Roma, and you've beaten Inter in the cup. So if you can beat Inter now uh, in the league as well. Um, you know, I think you're you're making a big statement. You know, you, you've already uh, Lazio, Roma, and Inter um, are the three teams ahead of Milan, and Gattuso has already beaten them. So I think uh, psychologically, the team is in the ascendancy. So if you can close the gap to four points and really make those teams, you know, feel feel the breath in the back of their of the neck, I think that that could go a long way to. You know, achieving the minor miracle because that—that's really what he would have been. That's really what we will be of uh, snatching a fourth place and qualifying for the Champions League. So, I think definitely, if he had to choose, though, he would put all the eggs in the in the league basket. I think that's that's the club's objective. Uh, the Europa League, uh, could, I, I think, will be a bit too difficult for for, for Milan to, uh, to win. I don't think that's very realistic. All right, guys. So, so that's you heard from both sides of 
of the Milan divide. But we've got one final thing before we go. Uh, Nima, I'm going to start with you. Can we get a, a prediction for the weekend's game? I don't, I don't, I don't want to predict this. <laughs> like, You're going to have to. I'm going to have, you're not set on the fence here. You've got to get, give me two numbers. Okay, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I honestly think it's going to end in a 1-1 draw. I don't think anyone's going to win. I think it's going to, I think depending, given the fact that both of those games are played on the Saturday and this is the last game on the Sunday, um, I think it's going to be one of those games games where both Milan and Inter will kind of look at this and try to go at each other but it will end I think at the end of the day they'll be happy with a draw a 1-1 draw I think Icardi will score and I think Suzo will score like he always does uh, and I think they'll they'll share the points which I think which I'm happy with because I don't think Lazio and Roma I think they will lose uh, both of the Team Napoli and Juve, um, or, or at the best draw. I don't see Lazio beating Juventus, and I definitely don't see Roma in this form beating Napoli. So um, we'll see. Right, guys. So, so Nima's going for a draw. Olgo, what about you? What are you saying as a, as a prediction? Oh, <laughs> well, uh, okay. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, there's there've been a lot of goals scored in the last three league derbies. You know, in all competitions, uh, there've been two wins and two draws. Uh, so. Uh, I'm going to say just given just just on form surely uh, uh, I'm going to go for for a Milan win and uh, I think um, I'm not sure if you caught it but uh, the Gazette of Sport ran a poll and says 50% Milan win 32% draw and 18% for a loss so I'm going to follow that poll and uh, I'm going to say that uh, Giacomo Bonaventura will even score a goal because uh, he scored four goals against Inter in Serie A, which is seem who seem to be uh, his uh, favorite prey. So yeah, uh, a Milan win with a with a goal from Jack. So there we go. Thank you very much, Ogo. Thank you very much, Nima. Again, um, good hearing from you guys. The experts have spoken, people. So. Uh, let us know what you think on social media at Serie A FFC on Twitter and obviously go on Facebook for Serie Italian Football as well and then leave comments on some of the articles we've got on the website too. Connor Clancy and the gang will be back on Sunday evening after the derby on YouTube so make sure you get over to YouTube and uh, join in with the guys. It's a live show as well so they're live streaming reactions and, and stuff to, to what is a, a massive weekend this, this weekend in Syria. So make sure you go over there and watch them and ask them some questions and interact and all that stuff as well. I will be back next week, probably a bit earlier, maybe Thursday night, Friday morning with some Europa League action so uh, be sure to, to join me then as well. So that's us. We uh, I have nothing else left to say other than Arrivederci.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.